Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider, and you're interested in building a successful practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everybody to episode number four of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast, an episode that details the two things you need to know before you sell your business. If you'd listened to every other sell-side advisor in the marketplace, you'd think that the sky was falling and you needed to sell your business right here, right now, today, especially before tax law changes. We've got a little bit of a different take on that, and hopefully you'll get a lot of insight, and this will be something, uh, a different way to consider if you're potentially coming to market this year. I also think you're going to like today's episode because I'm going to be joined by my co-founder and partner, Walker Sinha. That's right. We got the little guy behind the microphone again. And as you all know, he gives a lot of detail, a lot of granular uh, uh, examples of things and, and a lot to consider in all of his answers. So this is sure to be another note-taking episode today. Get your pad and pen ready, brew another cup of that awful Keurig coffee, and we're off and running. Once again, thanks to everyone for joining us on the Group Practice Accelerator podcast today. This is somewhat of a special episode because I'm joined by my co-founder and partner here at Polaris, and he's a man that really doesn't need too much of an introduction. Y'all probably know him uh, from many podcasts prior to this, giving tons of advice and a lot of granular detail. His name's DeWalker Sinha, and some say that he actually is the only person of Indian descent that struggles to operate a computer. Dwalker, do you want to say hello to the audience? Uh, That's a fact. Uh, Yes, uh, Parent, thank you for having me on the podcast and uh, good to be be with you here. It's always good to start a podcast by insulting your guest, you know, and getting off on the right foot. But that's the way we roll here at, uh, at, at Polaris. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode from the way we've structured some of them up to this point. For those that have been following the podcast since we launched it, you know that we uh, we give the meat, if you will, of the subject matter, and then I might do toward the end of the podcast uh, a personal segment or um, refreshing an announcement that we made to the marketplace or something along those lines. We're going to shuffle that just a little bit for today um, because I want to talk about uh, an announcement that we made to the marketplace that probably all of you listening have seen um, the press release by now, and I, w- I want to talk about the launch of uh, merger and acquisition services uh, at Polaris. Um, For those who've followed DeWalker and myself for a long time, you'll know that we've focused on the uh, strategic consulting, uh, equity partnerships, debt recapitalization services side of the business. When you're thinking about growing a business and building it from one level to the next, Um, when we launched Polaris, we knew 
that M&A services, sell-side advisory specifically, were going to be part of the service offering of the business. We just weren't sure when, and we frankly didn't intend to offer it as, uh, as quickly as we did right out of the gates. That being said, uh, we experienced uh, an interesting kind of phenomenon upon launch where we had a handful of people approach us and ask if we would consider selling their business uh, this calendar year. So we accelerated that timetable uh, and, and really are excited about announcing um, M&A services as a, a service complement to the core services that we offer at Polaris. With that in mind, um, I think there's a phenomenon that we're experiencing right now in the marketplace. And all of you who are in the audience are um, potentially the recipient of this or um, potentially interested in it. And, and a lot of that is driven by, by fear and a bit of speculation. Um, it's easy to follow the herd, but that doesn't necessarily mean the herd is right. And what I mean by that is that there are a lot of sell-side advisors that are saying uh, you should sell your business this year because tax rates are going up next year. That's probably accurate. How much they're going up is still to be determined. Nobody really knows the answer to that. Um, there are a lot of uh, enterprise-level DSOs and private equity groups uh, who have had business development people um, that unfortunately had to sit on the sidelines for a lot of 2020 uh, and, and didn't make uh, the numbers that they needed to. And they're making up for, for time lost last year. Uh, you still have a low, an overall low cost of debt funds, um, and a lot of these businesses, these enterprise level businesses, use debt funds as leverage to get deals done. So it's a it's sort of the perfect storm, if you will, and I think that creates a degree of uh, fear, if you will, on behalf of some business owners that if they don't sell today the, or this year, the window closes and it's gone forever. We don't. Um, uh, accept that as the right answer. Um, it is really on a case-by-case -case basis that we try to look at these scenarios. And there's a lot more to consider that frankly isn't being talked about in the marketplace. So the official launch of the M&A services at Polaris was partially driven by client demand, honestly, which was refreshing to hear from myself and DeWalker. But the other aspect is that candidly, it's, it's being driven by a bit of misinformation in the marketplace. We are a company that helps entrepreneurial healthcare providers, especially dentists, uh, build and operate their businesses, grow them and scale them, if you will. We can also help those entrepreneurs transition and exit or find a capital partner on the sale of the business. We're frankly pretty unbiased as, as in terms of what the outcome is for us as business owners. Let me put it to you another way that's really blunt. We get paid either way. So if you go to a real estate broker and you ask is, you know, should I sell uh, my house now? They're gonna say, absolutely, the market's white hot. You'd be crazy not to. On the other hand, if you go to a consultant that says, hey, should I, should I build my, continue to build my business? Um, and, and that's all that the consultant performed was growth strategy. They would say, absolutely, you should grow it. You should never sell this thing. Imagine the cash cow it can be in the coming years. We can take a look at it either way. Is it better for you to build it and operate it, meaning scale it and grow it? Or is it better for you to exit? 
well, let's take a look at the numbers. Let's figure out what your desires are as the entrepreneur who built the business and what the forward-looking three to five-year period uh, to the best of our abilities sizes up to be. We'll figure out the best answer for you. It might be to sell now. It might be to continue to grow and scale. But either way, we can give you hopefully the right guidance um, that we're not only vested in one particular outcome. And I think that makes us a little bit unique in the marketplace. And it makes us um, really uh, enthous- enthusiastic and excited, if you will, about the launch of MA services at, at Polaris. So this brings us into this um, the year 2021 that we're in the middle of. Uh, and and uh, all the messaging in the marketplace being uh, driven by both the buy side and sell side advisors of, you know, sell now, don't wait. It really brings up the, the, the central question of when is the right time to sell your business? DeWalker, do you want to unpack some of that for our audience in terms of, of timing? And when we say the right time, what that actually means? Uh, sure. So I think, uh, you know, that the tax um, uh, strategy is important to consider. And again, there's some validity in the momentum that's going in 2021. Uh, but as, as you know, we're talking to clients coming in for considerations, hey, should I continue to operate and hold my business the next one to five years or exit in 2021? It comes down to, you know, more importantly, you know, what is the, the goal of the operator? Right? Do they, you know, do they want to stick around for another one to two years and continue to grow the business or exit? But also the the tax implications around it. You know, so for example, you know, if you've invested in capital improvements, you know, two hundred thousand to a million dollars in the last twenty four months, you know, one of the things you may have is some level of a recapture on the depreciation you took uh, over the last two years. Again, we're not tax advisors. You know, definitely talk to the CPA on that. But as we work with onboarding clients. You know, we're having conversations with their tax team early in the process to really understand what is going to be the net proceeds to the client. And, and that's important to understand if you're you know, thinking, hey, I'm going to have a practice you know, doing a million dollars in EBITDA, it's going to sell for 6x, it's $6 million. And you, you may be anticipating, you know, hey, after uh, I might be netting $4.5 million after the sale, $4 million. To show up to the closing table in November and be netting four million or three and a half, that's going to be a disappointing thing. So I think it's really important to understand what is the the, the overall goal of, of of you and what's the tax implications of this. Understand your tax basis. If you ask your CPA, hey, what is my basis or what is my equity or capital um, uh, uh, bank account in my company? Those are things that will help you understand that. And then more importantly, you know, what are you trying to do? And if the goal is, hey, you know, I, I like to operate, and the tax structure may go up from twenty percent to, you know, somewhere between twenty and forty percent. Let's use a middle of the line marker of thirty percent. What does that mean to me? And I think those are the questions to be asked uh, when you're thinking about exiting in two thousand twenty-one versus two thousand twenty-two, twenty-three. Um, and then, is there going to be recapture that falls off? I mean, for example, if you invested in two thousand nineteen or twenty. Um, you know, three to five hundred thousand dollars in capital improvements, and a five-year depreciation schedule. The 2019 investment might fall off in 2024. So you you have those benefits there. Now, again, we don't know the tax structure in 2024 or 25 out there, but uh, we do know it's good improving. 
But I think, uh, you know, if the tax structure is improving, and let's again use our assumption of let's it goes from 20% to 30%, may go to 40%. I don't want to exclude that as an option. Uh, or even if it does go to 40%, uh, there's a lot of statements being made out there that the demand uh, uh, will continue to be there and the supply will go down tremendously because of tax structure. Well, you know, our private equity friends and our DSO friends may not like it. But if, if supply goes down and the demand is still there, valuation is probably going to hold and or improve to offset the tax structure to some level. Uh, and we'll, we'll focus on, on deal structure in our next podcast. But I think it, it's important to understand that you know, supply and demand, that's basic economics to, to kind of think through. Uh, deals have to get done in 2022. Deals have to get done in 2023. You know, you should think about it and say, okay, you know, where where am I and where am I going with my business, and is this the right time? And am I partnering up with the right partner? I mean, we have clients that we're taking to market right now that are looking for exit process, and instead of a traditional, you know, 80, 20, 90, 10, you know, some of the deals are going for 60, 40. So, you know, where our our clients are looking to exit, but they want to retain a lot of their equity because they think they can continue to drive the engine. And, and the buy sides we're working with are, are, you know, very motivated by that kind of a structure also. So I think, you know, when you look at it overall, look at tax structure, really understand the economics of your exit. If you are going to exit this year and compare it on a performa to some hypothetical tax model for 2022-23, look at some depreciation capture falling off, look at your basis, look at your debt position. These are all the things we do with our clients early in the process, because I want to go through, you know, all the all the I guess I call it bad news upfront. Make sure we understand uh, what may be inhibiting our client from selling. Bring that to bear upfront, and make sure the client understands that. Versus, you know, sign up an engagement agreement today, and understand in October, or November that hey, instead of receiving four million dollars cash at the close, you're going to be getting three and a half or three million dollars. Uh, this is, you know. For all our podcasters, just the life's work, and we want the life's work to be a pretty good day. You know, when you look to capitalize it and move forward with the next partner. Yeah, I think we've had, um, I guess the, I'll call it the privilege or the opportunity to review some some work from uh, from other advisors out there when a client's brought it to us, and and some of it's a bit of a head scratcher. I'm going to try to tread lightly here and choose my words judiciously, but too many of them are, are performing what I would call almost a static analysis of things with, with only one variable. And the one variable is, you know, long-term cap gains rates are going to go from uh, 20% to the top marginal rate of 39.6, I think it is. So just say 40%, they're going to double. Um, okay, what does that mean if you sell now versus sell next year? Um, there's a school of thought out there. And again, we're not prognosticators and we don't follow Washington on an hour by hour basis. But you know, when the Democrats put that plan out, that they may have staked out one particular position. Uh, and there's a school of thought that says they probably, they might not get the full amount that they want. And that that tax rate for long-term cap gains may be closer to the low 30s in terms of percentage. So if if it doesn't materialize that long-term cap gains double, if they only increase by 50 to 60 percent, 
Then when we start talking about that capital expenditure recapture, that can eat up a lot of that, that difference, if you will. And I think that's sort of the silent killer that we haven't seen in hardly any of the analyses that we're looking at. What's happening is that the entrepreneurial dentist in this case is engaging a sell-side uh, sell advisor to, to look at potentially taking their business to market. Sell-side advisor is, is doing their analysis without with half the deck baked, essentially. They're not involving the CPA. They don't understand the, the real impact of, of that recapture in uh, any other considerations that may make an impact um, and, and clean out, frankly, a lot of the supposed beneficial proceeds of selling this year. So the net net becomes maybe not a wash, but it's certainly not as dramatic as, as the way it's being painted out there. And I think that's that's a really critical piece that I haven't found too many people who are talking about it candidly. And, and that was one of the reasons that we wanted to, to put this on a podcast and try to push it out in the marketplace that I think they're, they're people who are being given advice um, that, that isn't uh, you know, holistic, if you will. Uh, the second thing I would say around uh, the timing, if you will, on sell, uh, sell or not to sell is age and time horizon. If you're 65 years old and, and you're looking to exit at some point in the next year, two or three, then then yeah, I mean, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. But we're talking to a lot of people who I would consider to be mid-career, mid-40s, early 50s. These are people who still have a relatively lengthy work future ahead of them. They're, they're not going to sell the business and walk away, in other words. And I think when you start evaluating that future horizon, there are a lot more variables that come into play because these are all businesses in motion. And hopefully the motion uh, is, is moving in the right direction in terms of growth and overall profitability. So if you start looking at the next three to five years and, and you really understand your growth pro forma and you can reliably forecast EBITDA expansion, then that plays directly into the supply and demand thing that you mentioned earlier to Walker, which is that if you can, over the next couple of years, build a business that's a lot more profitable from an EBITDA context, and there are fewer of them out there, you may get multiple turns uh, at the deal table that you couldn't realize today. Uh, and, and so I think there are just a lot of variables that that not too many people are, are taking the time to think through and put some type of confidence in interval around. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that is part and parcel of the question, the way we've approached it with clients up to this point, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Perrin, again, you know, exiting this year might be a good solution, right? I think the, the, what we're focusing on here is let's understand all the economics and details of the transaction, you know, that are, that are, do they, does it make sense to go this year or can we make the economics work for subsequent years if, if you know the, the the entrepreneurial dentist wants to continue to operate their business? I mean, it's just just a simple thing, just to kind of. And I think a lot of you guys have already gone through this in round one. But if you receive round two of your PPP funds, um, you know when is that going to be forgiven, right? And and you more than likely can't exit the business or have a liquidity event until that's forgiven. Um, have you applied for the employee retention credits? What is that? How does that uh, impact your ability to to close, and when that can close? When are those funds going to be received? What are the the uh, the performance uh, things you have you have there, right? So 
think about those things also. And I think that's why, you know, to, you uh, know, our, our, our process, you know, getting the tax team involved early in, in that and there is pretty important. And I would encourage our, our listeners in a couple, couple episodes, we're going to have a CPA on our podcast talking about some of the, those detailed tax issues that do come up on a sale at the last minute, unfortunately, that, you know, prospective sellers need to be thinking about early in the process um, when, and then having those conversations with their tax team, with their M&A firm, and, and really understanding that does it make economic sense to go this year uh, or, or is there a different economic solution for next year? And for, for those of you who may think that, hey, dentistry is at its top bubble, very well could be. I know uh, I don't have a crystal ball. Otherwise, uh, I'd be playing the lottery every weekend. Um, but, you know, let's look at the veterinary space. You know, the veterinary space is, is a similar consolidation than, than ours. The, the turns on the valuations are one to ter- two turns higher of similar EBITDA positions. So, uh, again, if supply goes down le- next year and demand stays the same and or improves because of a tremendous need for deployment of capital, if anything, I think its valuations will hold and or improve and deal structures, which we're going to go into our next podcast on, will have to change to accommodate the tax issues that um, our prospective clients will face in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I, I think it. Um, you can't underscore that uh, enough that if there is a mad rush uh, and the volume of deals is, uh, it, it is incredibly high this year and everybody anticipates that it will be. That doesn't mean that in 2022, all of a sudden, private equity groups and enterprise level DSOs stop uh, stop their growth plan. Far from it. I mean, <laughs> those those guys have annual goals to hit, uh, and they're all uh, trying to build bigger, more expansive businesses. And if they're if if a lot of the supply gets mopped up this year, and you run a very successful business that is continuing to grow. I look forward to being uh, an advisor on on some of those transactions um, because you know it, it the probability the possibility of it becoming um, a bit more of a bidding war at some level um, is is uh, a distinct possibility. So you know I think the the key takeaway from this we've we've danced around a lot of information that hopefully the audience funds. Um, enlightening um, and and gives you some reason to slow down and just think about stuff. But the the key here is don't let the tax tail wag the dog. I, I, I mean, I think if the change in tax rates is really what's driving this, then we may be missing the forest through the trees. And to me, that's not a compelling reason uh, to sell or not sell a business. Uh, to DeWalker's comment earlier, if this is the right year for the right reasons at the right stage of life and and everything else lines up, then sure, um, let's let's pursue that exit strategy um, with with all um, uh, unknowns solved for earlier in the process and make the right decision. But if it's just out of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, um, I'd hate to think that somebody would would sell their business this year and regret it, you know, in the next year or two. Um, because that can't be undone. Uh, and I think it's worth it to, to talk with an advisor that takes a little bit more of a holistic approach. Suffice to say, um, you know, we're, we're taking calls and having meetings um, about this very subject matter with 
uh, a number of people um, and, and are happy to do so going forward. But uh, I think this will be the, the first of a three-part series in DeWalker's uh, comments. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, just to kind of give some, some, some data points, probably more than half the clients we're talking to, when we've done the analysis for them working with their tax team, it hasn't made sense, you know, uh, for many reasons, one being the tax, but more importantly, being the journey. So um, I, I think the, the there's a fairly good run rate here as far as, you know, uh, the, ne- the next three to five years for growth strategy stuff. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, we're, we haven't, you know, the, the, the consolidation of dentistry hasn't tipped yet. There's still a solid runway uh, that we feel like is a decade or more ahead of us. There's ample opportunity to continue to build a great business and, and call your shot, exit it when you want to and be confident about that, but don't, don't be uh, forced into doing something that might be, might not be in your best interest uh, this year. So, uh, Hey, Perrin, I do want to make sure our, our listeners understand we are an M&A firm. So if you're interested, <laughs> we'll still take you to the market, you know, but I just uh, I think that we just want to make sure you understand all the aspects. Yeah, what, it, leave it to two nitwits on a podcast like us to, to talk about the, the launch of an M&A service while talking people out of using that service. You know, what kind of a business is this anyway? So um, we will have uh, two more parts uh, in a three-part series. This is part one. Uh, the next part that will be uh, releasing next week, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more detail about uh, deal structure, especially um, post-tax considerations rollover equity, um, post-sale roles and responsibilities, and a lot of things around that. Uh, So hopefully you'll find that uh, informative and another cornerstone to your um, exit planning potential. And then the third part in the series will be uh, um, a a top 25 uh, uh, CPA firm to give a little bit greater guidance around the tax consideration and a little bit of an update from the Washington perspective too. So that'll all be uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. In the interim, if you do have questions, if you want to talk through something, brainstorm um, or anything else, uh, feel free to, to reach out to me and to Walker. Um, you can find our contact information on the website, polarishealthcarepartners.com. And I'll leave our email addresses in the uh, show notes as well. But Suffice to say, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. Take care. Well, it goes without saying that I hope you all found that to be educational and informative as you do with all of our podcasts. And hopefully you'll be able to find a way to apply the information that DeWalker and I shared in this first of three podcasts please feel free to send along any questions you may have, and I'd be happy to either read them on the air or at least respond back via email. You can reach me directly at perrin at polarishealthcarepartners.com. And I'd also like to thank all of our listeners of the podcast. The download numbers have been really tremendous right out of the shoots. DeWalker and I are extremely grateful for it. We're also grateful for the kind ratings that many of you have left for us, uh, in, including the comments. And one from the woodchucker guy uh, says, they're not afraid to tell you what you may not want to hear, and their guidance can save a lot of heartache. And I really appreciate when people share comments like that, because we, uh, we don't try to pull any punches here. We do try to give you insight 
into where your business is, uh, what to do, what not to do, and hopefully accelerate your learning curve and minimize your chances for mistakes. So I appreciate um, the ratings that you leave on all of the uh, major podcast outlets and any of the comments that you're, uh, you're willing to share. Finally, before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to share just uh, one maybe point of gratitude um, on a personal level. My wife recently had hip surgery uh, about two months ago, and it was something that had been bothering her for, for quite a while and um, elected to get the surgery done. She had essentially a labrum tear um, and a little bit of bone spur in the, um, uh, in the ball joint there. And I'm, it, it probably goes without saying for our audience, since y'all are healthcare providers, that modern medicine doesn't amaze you, but it sure as heck does me. And this is a 12-week recovery for Lucy, and she's two months into that, was still a month ago. But I've got to tell you, what healthcare providers are able to achieve in today's world, the way that y'all do it, and the recovery of the people who are um, the patients is, is frankly unbelievable. Uh, I've never, never ceased to be amazed by it. And this was a, a surgery that um, uh, was fairly predictable. It wasn't hip replacement surgery, obviously, which is great. As the surgeon said, I just went in and put a couple of staples in there and shaved off a bone spur. And when he told me that, I was kind of like, well, geez, that sounds like a lot to me, but what do I know? In any event, it was a, a really great outcome for her. She's going to have tremendous quality of life, full range of motion, a lot of stability, the things that she'd been dealing with up to this point uh, for a number of years. And I just am uh, frankly overwhelmed and amazed by how successful it's been, her recovery, and just uh, where modern medicine is. Really gives you a lot of hope and, and a great outlook for the future. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to share that on the podcast today because a lot of the people in the audience are, are providing equal outcomes for their patients and a, just maybe a personal tip of the cap to everyone in that respect. So like I say, I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. And if you did, please do leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, um, just like Woodchucker Guy did that I read a little bit ago. And if you do have questions, feel free to submit them directly to me at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. And I look forward to giving you hopefully some credible answers on an upcoming show. Of course, if you want to find out more about who we are and what all we do, um, please feel free to check out our website at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber, and we'll see you on the next episode.